0: Today on The Matt Wall Show, a woman encounters a naked man in the women's locker room and then does what so many others these days refuse to do. She objects loudly and publicly. She had the courage to be sane and normal, which is something that many in our culture lack today. We'll talk about that. Also, five headlines. Tucker Carlson reveals that the NSA is spying on him. A majority of the conservative, quote-unquote, justices on the Supreme Court refuse to take up a case dealing with the trans bathroom issue. And a Daily Beast reporter reveals his utter horror at the sight of families eating meals together at restaurants. And in our daily cancellation, we'll discuss the brave white British man who has come out as a non-binary Korean, though many on the left have refused to accept his transracial identity, which I just think is unthinkable. We'll talk about all of that and more today on the Matt Walsh Show. Now we check in with Policy Genius. Uh, look, we, we've all got a lot going on this summer, I know I do, uh, but thankfully, there's one thing you can cross off your list, and that is getting life insurance with Policy Genius. And it really is a responsibility that, uh, that, that you have. If you have people that depend on you, as, as I certainly do, then this is something that you can't afford to put off. You might put it off before, until it's too late. If someone relies on your financial support, whether it's a child, an aging parent, or even a business partner, Partner, you need life insurance. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. Why compare? Well, you could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. You could save $1,300 or more per year on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare policies. And who can afford to, to leave those kinds of savings um, uh, aside? The licensed experts at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance company, so you can trust them to help you navigate every step of the shopping and buying experience. And they just make it really easy for you to take care of this thing that you need to do, cross it off the list, and you can do that right now. All you got to do is head to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can solve this problem and get it all worked out. Head to policygenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. We have reached a point where it requires courage to simply be normal. I don't mean normal in the privacy of your own home or when you're whispering with your friends and hushed. Tones, hoping that nobody hears or finds out that you possess common sense. Because you wouldn't want anyone to know, shh, well, someone might hear us. They'll know we have common sense. I mean, publicly normal. It requires courage to be a normal person going through daily life and saying things that normal people say and reacting to things like a normal person would react. Now, this shouldn't require any courage at all. Normal people should act normal and say normal things by default because they're normal. But it's become an act of courage because so many normal and sane people have gone silent and are keeping their normalcy and their sanity to themselves. And it's because of this state of affairs that we need to make a special point of applauding the woman featured in a viral video, which you may have seen by now, loudly objecting to the sight of a naked man in the ladies' locker, locker room at a spa in Los Angeles. The incident unfolded, uh, I guess, a few days ago at the Wee Spa in L.A. The woman films herself... Confronting the staff at the establishment after she sees a man in the women's locker room, uh, naked, and parading his nude body around women and girls. And she she knows that he's a man because he has, well, a penis. And that's uh, the first giveaway. So here's how she presents her arguments. I, I find it to be quite eloquent and powerful in its simplicity. Let's listen now.
1: I just want to be clear with you. It's okay... It's okay for a man to go into the women's section, show his penis around the other women, young little girls under age, your spa, we spa, condone that. Is that what you're saying? Not like I asked. I it's so he, so he could stay there. He could stay there? What sexual orientation? I see a d- It lets me know he's a man. He, he's a man. He is a man. He is not no female. He is not a female. He is not a female.
0: Hold on. He is not a female, sweetie. So to restate and summarize her argument, she says, um, I see a penis that lets me know he's a man. He's not a female. Then she repeats over and over again, he's a female. He's a female. That really is indeed the long and short of it. No pun intended. He has a penis. He's a man. He's not a woman. That's it. And he shouldn't be in a place reserved for women. They apparently even have, they have obviously locker rooms and they're labeled women, men. He's not a woman, so he doesn't belong there. He might say he's a woman. He might say he feels like a woman. He might wish he was a woman. He might wish upon a falling star that he's a woman. He might dream about being a woman. He might want people to see him as a woman, but wishes and wants and dreams and feels and likes do not change the physical reality of the situation, which is that he's a man, plain and simple. You don't need to be a conservative to see that. I don't know what this woman's political orientation is. Uh, Maybe she's conservative. Maybe she doesn't matter. You don't need to be right wing to know that a dude walking around with his penis hanging out is a dude. Any more than a scuba diver needs to be a right-wing activist in order to see that the large fish with a dorsal fin and razor-sharp teeth is a shark and not an octopus or an oyster. This is a matter of the most basic reality. There is nothing inherently political or ideological about it. At least there shouldn't be. This woman is merely observing reality, living in reality, and reacting to an outrageous and inappropriate situation the way that one who lives in reality should. Now, you notice that the staff member has no argument to counter hers. They have no rejoinder to the, he has a penis, so he's a man contention. There is no rejoinder. There's no counterpoint. Reality is reality. A little bit later in the video, a a white knight rides in to try and defend the naked man showing his penis to little girls. And um, here's how that went. Are you talking about a
1: transgender
2: person?
1: There's no such thing as transgender. He has a Okay. He has a penis. He his penis you're, is hanging
2: you're
1: out. You're okay, no, I'm not one. Actually, you're I'm a woman it. who knows how to stand up and speak up for my right. As a woman, I have a right to feel comfortable yes. without a man yes. exposing himself, yes. okay? Yes. No, you go somewhere else. Okay, so that's right. No, he's not a transgender. He has a penis just like you do. Are you are you are you are you No, yeah. Okay, it's not okay. It's not okay. Okay, that's traumatizing to see that. I'm a woman. I think this is a place right here. I'm told only for women. So how dare you sit up here and tell me I don't have a right as a woman
2: no,
0: to pretend.
1: I'm telling you, he has a penis, a full intestinal, okay?
0: Pure, uh, just pure insanity. I, we're we're the, the standing around having a debate about whether the guy with a penis is a woman. But we see that guy there, he says, "Oh, oh, you see, he's a transgender person. He says with a smarmy grin as he condescends to a woman who simply wants to get changed without a creepy naked man hovering nearby, as if that's some kind of outrageous and cumbersome request. He's transgender, you see. Oh, no, 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 he's transgender. Yeah? And who cares? Who cares that he's a transgender person? What does that mean, transgender? Transgender. Transgender refers to his psychological state. It refers to how he allegedly views himself, which is irrelevant to everyone except him. Locker rooms are not meant to house people based on psychological states. It's a locker room, not a mental asylum. If a little girl is forced to watch a, man, a grown man undress himself, it's not going to be any less traumatizing just because the grown man feels a certain way inside. Oh, no, you see, little girl, this is how I feel. It's not about how you feel. That's not the point. Now, this is obvious and only needs to be explained to people who have made the decision to delude themselves, which is why it's useless explaining it, really. Instead, normal and sane people need to stand up, be loud, and treat this insanity with the contempt and derision it deserves, as this lady did. The problem is that normalcy and sanity are so taboo these days that even those who protest the insanity will often try to reinforce the insanity as they protest it. So a perfect example can be found in a different incident in this same spa a few years ago. And I haven't seen this mentioned by any, this story's gotten some coverage in other publications. I haven't seen anyone mention this. There's a Yelp review, um, which is from 2018. So it's not like this was just written yesterday. Uh, a Yelp review for the We Spa in Los Angeles, uh, 2018. And it sounds pretty familiar. This is what it says. Reading now, it says, quote, I would give this place five stars a week ago, but last night I had uh, the most disturbing experience in the women's locker room. Upon checking in, the clerk advised us that there was a transgender male in the women's locker room. Okay, no problem. I'm not the type to discriminate against people, but once in the women's area, I saw the mentioned transgender individual uh, in all his glory and still had a male organ hanging there. Okay, no fuss. That surgery is very expensive. Anyway, so I go my, go about my routine and I get to the shower room. He was almost next to me showering too. When I start to overhear uh, the conversation that he's having with a lady that was also in the shower area, I clearly heard him say that he has had sex with probably 100 women and that he was looking for a female girlfriend to share his time with. He also mentioned that he uses cocaine and LSD to relax. Okay, not my business what he uses to relax, but hey, a transgender person does not act like a guy around women, nor do they state how much they like women nor how much they like having sex with them. This guy is not transgender. He seems to be just a pervy. In quotes, pervy. And given his accent, he's from another country, Europe, I believe. Um, I like how she equates those two things, by the way, being a pervy and being from uh, the country of Europe. But we'll leave that aside. Yeah, he's a pervy, one of those people from Europe. Not that I'm disagreeing with her her, uh, her assumptions. Anyway, I heard from other ladies there, um, there that he goes there quite often. I have nothing against gay people or transgender, etc., but every gay guy I know uses the men's locker room when in the spa. Management said that according to the law, there was nothing they could do. Yes, they can reserve their right to provide services to anyone that's uh, not against the law. They can't deny entrance to this person based on his behavior, uh, or they can deny entrance to this person based on his behavior, not on his gender. I enjoy going to the Wee Spa, and and it's not fair to me or other women to be put in this position when you basically have to leave the spa because you feel uncomfortable in such a situation. I wouldn't have minded the situation at all, if the guy was really transgender, but obviously he's not. Hmm. You wouldn't have minded him swinging his penis all around as long as he really felt like a woman while he did it. So you've got a strange man with a penis showering next to you in the women's locker room, and you wouldn't have minded that as long as he really felt like a woman. What? That doesn't make any sense at all. Have you ever once objected to a biological woman in the women's locker room on the basis that she might have felt like a man? I mean, have you ever been in a women's locker room and uh, uh, listened to the conversations that a a woman was having and uh, an actual woman and then then come to the judgment that, well, she's not really a woman inside and she doesn't belong here. And therefore, I don't feel I don't feel comfortable getting changed around her. No, obviously not. You have a problem with sharing a locker room with a naked man, because he's a man. And you should have a problem with that. There could be no other reason to object. There doesn't need to be any other reason. Those are all the reasons you need. And yet this person, like so many others, feels that they can't just come out, as the woman in the video did, and straightforwardly say, this is a man, I don't care how he feels, that's irrelevant, he shouldn't be getting naked around a bunch of women and young girls. Period. In our day and age, sanity pays tribute to insanity so often. Even as sanity meekly asserts itself, it feels that it still must validate the very insanity that it's objecting to, which is to say that sanity surrenders. Because when you when you object to a a man in the women's locker room on the basis that uh, he doesn't really feel like a woman. Uh, The the problem with having men and allowing transgender men in the women's locker room is that uh, what if someone's pretending to be transgender? That's the problem. You hear this from conservatives all the time. Again, you don't have to be conservative to object, but that is is a, a way that conservatives will often couch their arguments. I don't have any problem with genuine transgenders, but what if someone's pretending? You know, people always ask me what we can do to save ourselves from civilizational collapse, reverse the tide, reclaim the culture, etc., etc. Well, if there's any hope of anything like that happening, it has to start with doing what this woman did, which in any other time or place would have been totally unremarkable. We have to be sane and normal in public. Now, if you want a solution that will absolve you of the duty to be publicly sane, and yet will allow you to enjoy a cultural victory that you've done nothing to help achieve, then you'll be disappointed because no such solution exists. One of the major problems in our society today is that sanity has retreated. There is no solution that will allow it to remain in hiding. It has to come out into the open and be loud and make demands and state very basic truths like the truth that the person showing his penis in a locker room is not a woman. That truth is one of many that shouldn't need to be said, but it does. And we're the ones who have to say it. Now let's get to our five headlines. Well, this is a good time to tell you about Relief Band after uh, my 20 hour car ride. And fortunately, as the person driving, uh, I, I don't have to deal with car sickness as much, but other people in the car like my daughter do. That's why we always bring on any car ride, especially 20 hours, we always bring Relief Band. Uh, if you get car sick or if you deal with nausea in any other context, you need to try Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraine, hangover, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. The product is 100% drug-free. It's non-drowsy, uh, which is great as well, uh, especially if you're, you know, you're like I'm taking an Uber or something in the middle of the day. Uh, You don't want to be drowsy for the rest of the day. Just put on relief band and it provides all natural relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. The technology was originally created uh, over 20 years ago in hospitals, but now it's available to to the public. And you've got to take advantage of that. You can ensure that nausea is never the reason to miss out on life's important moments. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for Matt Walsh listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Walsh, you'll receive 20% off, plus free shipping and a no-questions-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our code Walsh for 20% off. All right. Let's begin here. On his show last night, Tucker Carlson made uh, a shocking statement. I call it shocking. Shocking, at least if you're utterly
3: oblivious and naive. Uh, But either way, this is this is what he said. The war on terror, now ongoing for 20 years, has pivoted in its aims. The war on terror is now being waged against American citizens, opponents of the regime. We saw this on display on January 6th. We told you a couple of weeks ago, based on language and publicly available indictments, that the FBI clearly had foreknowledge of the riot at the Capitol that day. And the agents we spoke to this weekend confirmed that is true. Quote, the FBI had sources in that crowd, confidential sources, snitches. That's 100% certain. But it's not just political protesters the government is spying on. Yesterday, we heard from a whistleblower within the U.S. government who reached out to warn us that the NSA, the National Security Agency, is monitoring our electronic communications and is planning to leak them in an attempt to take the show off the air. Now that's a shocking claim and ordinarily we'd be skeptical of it. It's illegal for the NSA to spy on American citizens. It's a crime. It's not a third world country. Things like that should not happen in America. But unfortunately they do happen and in this case they did happen. The whistleblower who is in a position to know repeated back to us information about a story that we are working on that could have only come directly from my texts and emails. There's no other possible source for that information, period. The NSA captured that information without our knowledge and did it for political reasons. The Biden administration is spying on us. We have confirmed that. Now, uh, so I I think what you
0: hear... There are going to be two strategies um, from the left in responding to these claims. There already has been. And it's, it's really one and then the other. Um, the first is to just deny it and, and say there's no way this is true. Uh, our intelligence agencies would never do such a thing. These are benevolent. Our intelligence agencies are benevolent and kind. Even though we know that the NSA spies on American citizens, that's been confirmed. We already know that. They would never do that. This is absurd. Even some uh, so-called conservatives, Jonah Goldberg among among them, came out immediately after this segment aired and say, "No way, didn't happen. Can't be true. Not the NSA I know." Come on, I've known this NSA. These are this this is a, these are good people. They would never do such a thing. Uh, so that's the first strategy: is just to is to is to accuse Tucker Carlson of what making this up, this whole story making it up out of thin air. But then, when um, more evidence is presented that even they can't deny, they're going to immediately switch course and say, uh, "Okay, they're spying on him, but uh, but I'm, I'm glad they are because he's a he's a terrorist." You're kind of seeing a little bit of both right now. Doing the whole thing that this isn't true, but even if it was, uh, it would be fine. But you'll see the stark change in course eventually. When it becomes undeniable this is actually happening, did happen. That's when they'll say, yeah, I'm glad it did. And the left is moving to that more and more. Of um, uh, embracing these, a display of power like this. This is one of the reasons why, as we always talk about, you know, pointing out the the hypocrisy of the left doesn't really accomplish much because the hypocrisy is the point. It's all about it's all about it's all about power, and they have the power in the culture, so they're allowed to have one standard. For themselves and another standard for you. And when you point out the hypocrisy, their answer in so many words is, yeah, thanks for noticing. You're right. That's exactly right. We're in control. You aren't. Do we said because we said so? Do as we say, not as we do. You know, it's a power move. And eventually you'll see the same thing with this kind of thing. Yeah, you're damn right. You get up there saying things we don't like night after night. You have the gall to do that. You're the most successful cable news show on TV by a mile. That's We can't allow that to happen. We're going to use all the tools at our disposal to take you down. All right. Uh, now this is from the, the AP says the U.S. Supreme Court on Monday rejected a Virginia school board's appeal to reinstate its transgender bathroom ban, handing a victory to transgender rights groups and a former high school student who fought in court for six years to overturn the ban. After learning that the high school, uh, the high court rather refused to hear the board's appeal, Gavin Grimm, now 22, said that, uh, quote unquote, his long battle is over. We won. Honored to have been part of this victory. Uh, Grim was a 15-year-old student at, a, at a Gloucester High School when he was banned from using the boys' bathroom. Again, air quotes around he. I'm reading the language in the AP article. Um, the Gloucester County School Board's policy required Grim to use restrooms that corresponded with his biological sex, which is female, or private bathrooms. Grim filed a federal lawsuit that wound its way through the court for six years. Grim said, That being forced to use the nurse's room, a private bathroom, and the girls' restroom was humiliating and severely interfered with his education. So, uh, many concessions were made by the school. More concessions than I would make if I was running the school board. If I'm in charge, girls' bathroom, boys' bathroom, you're a girl, that's where you go. You don't like it. It makes you feel uncomfortable. Um, that's your that's your issue. You, you got to sort that out. That's not an issue for us to solve. But they went beyond that and they said, "We will find you private bathrooms. You can have your own bathroom all to yourself." You know what? Who? What? What? High, what? High schooler wouldn't love to have that? Get your own bathroom. I mean, the bathrooms everyone uses; those are all grimy and gross, and there's. You know, people writing all over the bathroom stalls, and there—it's just—it's—it's it's not a pleasant situation. We'll give you your own private one, multiple private, wherever you happen to be in the building. We'll make sure there's not one far away for that you can use all—it's all—it's all yours. Oh, but that's not good enough. No. Um. And uh, anyway, continuing, it says. Grimm said that being forced to use the nurse's room, a private bathroom, and the girls' restroom was humiliating and severely interfered with uh, his education, her education. The Supreme Court left in place lower court rulings that found the policy unconstitutional. Justices Samuel Alito and Clarence Thomas voted to hear the board's appeal. So only Thomas and Alito wanted to even hear this case. The rest of the Supreme Court justices didn't, didn't want to go anywhere near it. Including the other so-called conservatives on the court, including all three of the so-called conservatives that Trump appointed. This, this, by the way, is uh, supposed to be when I ask you know what what are uh, Donald Trump four years in office, two of which he he had uh, he had Republican control of the whole government. Um, w- what are his lasting achievements? Because there were a lot of sort of minor achievements that were that the Biden administration overturned in like 30 seconds. So what are his lasting achievements? And the answers I usually get are tax cuts. Fantastic. That's what Republicans always give you. Uh, and then Supreme court justices. Well, if, if he whiffed on all three, three Supreme court justices, then what are we left? Only tax cuts. Because there's no reason. I mean, uh, the the idea that you have a constitutional right, a constitutional right to access whatever bathroom you want dependent on your psychological state, this is an outrageous idea. That any true conservative or originalist or whatever label you want to put on it in, in, a, in a position on the Supreme Court should want to hear this case, but they won't go anywhere near it. So as it stands right now, this uh, this remains intact. It is it is it is unconstitutional that that man with his penis hanging out. In the, it would be it would be unconstitutional to tell him to to go to the men's uh, locker room. Where is this constitutional right? Where in the Constitution exactly do you find the God-given right to access whatever bathroom you want according to your psychological state? I would love to get an an answer to that question, but uh, we're not going to get an answer right now anyway because the Supreme Court and these conservative justices won't won't even touch it. Won't go anywhere near it. Fantastic. All right, staying in the realm of LGBT stuff, the NFL put out a commercial in honor of Pride Month um, which uh, they're, they're coming in here at, at the eleventh hour. I was starting to get a little a little concerned because we're getting to the end of Pride Month. We only got a few days left, and the NFL hadn't put out a Pride commercial yet. Yeah, they changed their their logo on Twitter and they put the rainbow flag and all that, uh, but that's that's not enough. We need the we need the virtue signaling commercial. And finally, at the very last minute, they come in and they've got the commercial. And uh, let's watch it. I'll have to narrate a little bit because uh, it's just words on the screen. But let's. Let's watch this commercial It says football is gay. Football is gay. Football is lesbian. Football is beautiful. Football is queer. Football is life. Football is bi. It's going too fast. Football is bisexual. Football is American. Football is accepting. Football is everything. Football is for everyone. Football is bisexual. What in the world does that mean exactly? Football is everything. No, football isn't everything. Football is really a, a particular thing. It's a, it's a game with certain rules, and that's all that football is. It's not anything bigger than that. But we know everything is everything now. Everything has to n- Nothing can just be what it is. You can't have a thing, and it's that thing, and that's it, and it's nothing else. Everything has to be everything. Everything is whatever I feel like it it should be for me. Which is to say that everything is nothing. And nothing is anything. Are you confused yet? I oh, am. Yeah. That's, of course, part of the point. Uh, I want to read this to, moving on, Daily Beast, uh, Daily Beast columnist Wajahat Ali. Always with a, a lot of great insight coming from this guy. And he tweeted this a couple days ago. Got a lot of attention. He said... Um, I feel America has forgotten that we're still in the middle of a pandemic that has killed more than 600,000 people and there's a deadly Delta plus strain and our kids are still not vaccinated. Sigh. I see packed restaurants and people inside stores and malls and their kids aren't wearing masks. I feel I'm in a horror movie. First of all, what kind of boring horror movies are you watching? Oh yeah, we know the you know those those horror movies where uh, people are spending time with their kids and their families and their friends, and they're eating at restaurants and uh, they're having barbecues, and they're going to the pool, uh, and they have a good time, and then they go home, and everything is fine, and they go to bed, the end. You know those horror movies. You know the horror movies where like nothing bad happens and everything's okay. Because that's at these, these packed restaurants, I've been to a lot of these packed restaurants. we got a ton of them here in Nashville. And I think it's great. You know, I, I, I never would have, uh, be- before all of this, uh, I, I don't think I ever walked into a packed, busy place and thought, this is awesome. I'm so glad that all these people are here. That's one positive thing that's come of this. It's maybe it's, it's it's actually made me slightly less inherently antisocial, and that'll probably wear off. But for right now, there's still the novelty of it. So I walk into a place and I see tons of people walking around, and I think this is you know this is awesome. Uh, but all of those packed restaurants, these packed places, n- nothing bad is happening, at least in terms of the virus. You know, there are no mass outbreaks. Everything is fine. And by the way, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. No, we're not. In, in this country, no, we're not. Not by, any, not by any reasonable definition of the term pandemic. And of course we're not. We've got tens of millions of people vaccinated. Many more millions of people already uh, uh, immune because of prior exposure. And that's good. We should be happy about that. Of course we should be happy. But just think of the mentality. This is like, talk about movies. I mean, th- this is like a, a comic book movie villain who, who uh, you know, because you, you know, in the, the comic book movies, the villains, they always want to destroy the world and they hate everybody. And it's, it's never explained exactly why. Well, it's because they're the villain and this is the role that they play. And that's that's Wajahat Ali and a lot of people on the left who are clinging on to the pandemic desperately. They don't want it to go away. They do not want it to go away. They live through the pandemic and they're sad to see it go. And now they, uh, they see people enjoying themselves in a totally safe way and they're angry as curmudgeonly as I am. I can't even imagine that. I can't imagine. I I cannot even get myself into the mental state where I could see a a family sitting at a restaurant, having a good time, laughing, enjoying themselves, and get mad about it or be horrified. And I would like to think that this dude is, uh, this is a put on and he's pretending to, to react this way for political reasons. And that might be part of it. But I, but I actually think that this is a sincere reaction. These people have conditioned themselves. And it might never change. I mean, they're, they're, these are broken people. And they might be broken forever. Where they're never going to be able to function in society again. Just simply the sight of lots of people having a good time horrifies them down to their bones, in their souls. They're horrified by it. Um, I I cannot think of a a more anti-human disposition for a person to have. I wanted to play this to... Scottie Pippen, a former NBA player, was on with uh, Dan Patrick yesterday discussing a Bulls playoff game in 1994 where the final shot was given to a white player to shoot uh, rather than to him, the, to Scottie Pippen. And he's still mad about it. This is, you know, we're, we're going on 30 years ago and he's still angry about it. And He's decided that the Lakers coach at the time, the legendary Phil Jackson, uh, is, is a racist because of it. And he's still stewing over this racism. Let's uh, let's watch this interview. I'm just going by what you said. You said you need to read between the fine lines. And then you go on to say it was a racial move to give him, Tony Kukoc, a rise. So well, I mean,
4: if you knew that Scottie Pippen had been with the Bulls from 87, battled through the Pistons, and every other team that we had to get to those three championships – Wouldn't you give Scottie Pippen one opportunity to get a last-second shot without Michael Jordan? Like, one year without Michael Jordan. Can I get one shot? Like, I'm doing all the dirty work.
0: But all of that I understand from the basketball standpoint. But when you say a racial move...
4: Well, why would would Tony, who was a rookie, get the last-second shot and you put me out the bounds? That's what I mean, racial. Like that was Scottie Pippen's team, but but Scottie Phil and, was but, but, on pace to be an MVP that year, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, why would you put him in a position not to be successful? Why wouldn't you put him in a position to succeed? Michael Jordan is not there, so who's next in line for you?
0: But have you talked to Phil about this? Because by saying a racial move, then you're you're calling Phil. A racist. I don't got a problem with that. <laughs> Do you think Phil was or is? Oh, uh, yeah. Why didn't I get the last shot? Why did you give it to him? Dude, this was 30 years ago. Get over it. That's the first thing. Stop Stop referring yourself in the third person. That's the other thing. <laughs> this third... Three decades later, and this guy is uh, not over the fact he didn't get the last shot in a in a, in a basketball game. Yeah, you know, some of these professional sports legends after they, they it's it's really depressing to see them after. Michael Jordan's the same way. These guys were on the same team. You know, he "Who can forget Michael Jordan at his Hall of Fame his, his, his Hall of Fame acceptance speech?" And he's still complaining about his high school basketball coach. And the ways that he was wronged by people when he was a kid, still stewing over it. You're in the Hall of Fame now. Move on with your life. You won. Uh, it's it's really really sad and pathetic to see sometimes. But he uh, he says well, it was all racism. He's decided that it was all racism. Uh, as far as I know, he's never made this claim before. You know, in the 30 years prior, it's like the first. Now he's decided it was all racism, and you see two things from that. First of all, you know. There was a time not all that long ago where to call someone like Phil Jackson a racist, you know, a legendary coach, very prominent figure in the in the, the sports world, to call him a racist, especially for another prominent person, sports legend, sort of, to call him a racist, that, that that's a big deal. You just you don't do that on a whim. There was a time when that was the case. Um, there was a time when a prominent person calling another prominent person racist was attention grabbing. And everybody would stop and say, whoa, hang on here. And if, if, you, were, if you were to make that claim about someone, and this is back when the claim had some kind of meaning to it. Um, if you were to make that claim, you better bring some proof. But now we're so used to it. That guys like Scottie Pippen, first of all, think nothing of just tossing that out there. He's not even fully committing to the racism label. He's just saying, yeah, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Well, yeah, you're the one who said it. I guess you don't have a problem with it. Yeah, sure. Sure, he's a racist. Kind of shrugging his shoulders. Yeah, we'll call him a racist. What's the big deal? In a way, it's kind of not a big deal anymore because everyone's a racist. As we said before. Everything is everything so every so everything is nothing everyone's a racist so nobody's a racist the word just doesn't mean anything but what you also see is how um, th- this is all that r- racism has become if you're a, a non-white person and someone does something to you that you don't like it's racist because this is be- this is simply the framework that we're operating with now That is the first explanation that you go to, and it's the only one. And the only evidence that you need is, well, look at his skin color. Look at mine. I didn't like it. It's racist. All right. Before we move on to reading the comments, I do have uh, a... After all this time off, there's been a lot of crazy stuff posted to TikTok. I've missed a lot of it. Uh, Unfortunately, I, I can't go back and cover it all. But well, let's check in on one of my favorite TikTok genres. This is the, uh, the TikTok sing-along, the TikTok song. Uh, very often, these are songs about getting vaccinated and big fan of them. Here's the, the hottest new joint on TikTok. Let's give it a listen. I got to say, I don't totally hate it. I I, I can't believe I, I'm i having all these confusing feelings because you expect to hate it, and it's kind of catchy. I, as far as – I don't like the message, okay, but uh, as far as these things go, the bar is pretty low. As far as these TikTok videos go, it, it, it at least succeeds in being catchy. Can we admit that? Can we all – don't leave me out here hanging, okay? Don't pretend. Like I said, let's all – have the courage to be normal, insane people. We can admit that it was kind of a catchy hook, at least. That'll be stuck in your head. You know it will. You're going to find yourself singing that later on today. Don't shoot the messenger. You're all going to pretend you hated that. You're pretending. It wasn't terrible. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Okay? Uh, This guy's going places. He's got some talent. You know, before we went on our uh, on our long car trip. Uh, I had a few things that needed to be fixed on the car. And that's why I went, you know, where I went. I went to rockauto.com. That's where I always go because that's so much easier and it's going to be a a more immediate solution, an easier solution and a cheaper solution to your problem that you have with your car than going to uh, an auto parts store and wandering around looking for the part. You're not going to find it. Why waste your time? Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices or, you know, just trying to see how much they can get out of you. They're not going to do that. If if you see it at rockauto.com, you have peace of mind knowing that that's the the lowest price you're gonna find it anywhere. Uh, They're a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is uh, very unique. It's very easy to navigate, even for an idiot like myself. You quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck. You can also choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Make it very easy, make it very affordable. What's to lose? Nothing. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car truck. And remember, as always, to write Walsh in there. How did you hear about us, box So they know that we sent you. Let's move on now to uh, reading the YouTube comments. Annie Shute says, uh, quoting me, she says, uh, in a healthy country, she would be kicked off the team. I was referring to the uh, Olympic athlete who turned her back on the flag. Whatever her name was. Gwen something other. Gwen Berry, wasn't it? I said she should be kicked off the team. Annie shoot says, for what? I don't understand. I thought we are against canceling people. Well, Annie, you're talking to a guy who literally has a segment on his show called the daily cancellation. I cancel people daily. That's why we call it the daily cancellation. I never said I'm against canceling people. I don't know where you got that from. That's, that's a thing that some s- s- silly conservatives say, Oh, we shouldn't be canceling anyone. No, I, I'm not against can I am not against canceling people in principle. Um, I am against canceling people for the wrong reasons. That's what I'm against. Okay? And if by canceling we mean, what would be canceling in this case? Kick her off the team. We, we shame her. Uh, she should be shamed and reviled and kicked off the team. If you want to call that canceling, fine. But that is a inappropriate reaction to her behavior. Her behavior was embarrassing and disgraceful. And she has demonstrated that she despises the country that she's supposed to represent in the Olympics. And, and we should not have athletes who openly despise our country representing us on the global stage in the Olympics. So that is a reasonable, justified response. I'm not against shaming people, uh, uh, make uh, calling for consequences for their actions. The way some conservatives talk about it now, they, it's like they're pretending that they believe that nobody should ever be shamed for anything, and no one should ever face any consequence. Stop it! Obviously, sometimes they're, they're, it's just is the, is this a warranted reaction or not? What we refer to when we refer to cancel culture, we're talking about an unwarranted reaction, where someone is is facing unwarranted, overblown, out of proportion backlash or consequences for doing or saying something either that wasn't wrong, or even if it was wrong, it doesn't, uh, it, it, it should not warrant this kind of reaction. But yeah, doing that on the uh, as an Olympic athlete up on the stage on national TV. Absolutely. And we'd be doing her a favor. She hates this country. She shouldn't even want to represent us in the Olympics. We're, we're uh, what are we, oppressive, bigoted, systemically racist country? Why would you want to represent a country like that in the Olympics? Um, Elaine says, Matt, can you please call us Sweet Babies more often? We miss it. Uh, well, look, the Sweet Baby Gang is back together again. I'll never leave you again, I promise. Except for later on this week, I'll be leaving again. But I'll be back. And then I'll leave periodically. But I'll, I'll, I'll always return to the Sweet Baby Gang. It's that much you, you can count on. Um, Daniel says, Matt, all I want to know is, did you catch any fish on vacation? I did catch, uh, a lot of fish. I had a great day on the water, probably great week on the water. I should say, uh, probably my largest largemouth that I caught was, uh, you know, is at least six pounds. I'm going to call it seven. I think it was fair to call it a seven pounder. And, uh, it was, it was the, the ego stroke that I needed because I got to say, here in Tennessee, I've been struggling mightily with fishing. It's supposed to be, Tennessee is supposed to be a fishing mecca, bass fishing mecca. One of the, one of the bass fishing capitals along with probably Texas and, um, but I have been doing terrible here and I began to suspect that the problem was me, but then I go when I was on vacation and I, we were out of, you know, we were up North and, uh, It let me know that the problem is not me. Okay, Aaron says, Dear Matt, your Uranus joke almost killed me. Seriously, I was mowing my grass and laughed so hard, choking on my beer and almost hit a tree. LOL, thank you for being the greatest commentator in the universe. Well, I specifically said I was not making a Uranus joke. I I, I would never do it. I want to be very clear. I did not make that joke. I I was saying that I wasn't making the joke. I was making the joke in the context of saying how I'm not going to make it. okay. I'm far too mature for that. Um, Alan says, the the thing that infuriates me about this routine of finding gay characters where there are none is that it contradicts the notion of the feminist left that friendships between men should display more kindness and explicit affection. But when two male characters do that, they obsess with their friendship, declaring that, of course, they're lovers. What else could they be? A great example is Frodo and Sam. The radical left just love these kinds of contradicting one, two punches to beat you into submission and indoctrination. Uh, yeah, th- th- that is a, a clear hypocrisy, a clear double standard. doesn't make any sense. It's a contradiction, but you're also correct that this is about beating us into submission. The double standard, as we said, is the point. Um, Mike says, bullets have gotten expensive, so I'm keeping my death threats to a minimum. Well, that's, that's one reason. That's one motivation. Our our current situation with ammo does kind of remind me a little bit of what was the old Chris Rock joke where he he says that uh, he would let everyone keep their guns but make bullets cost like $500 a piece so that if someone gets shot, you really know they had it coming. Chris Rock does the joke better than I do. Uh, Finally, another comment says, I'm commenting with feedback for the producers. The fake photo of Matt's family on the alternate camera angle is blocking our view of Matt's beautiful biceps. And the twisted steel of his muscles. Please remove the photo. Thank you. Well, these are my friends, and I would never take the photo down unless it blocks the view of my muscles, in which case, get out of here. I just broke it. It's a little more aggressive than it needs to be, but I just, I can't help myself. I, I don't know my own strength. Now you have, now you can see. Now you get that angle that you've been, the bicep. We could call that the bicep camera, really, is what we should call it. If you enjoy your history censorship free, which is hard to find these days, uh, then you need to make sure you're a Daily Wire member right now. Why? Well, because the Daily Wire is now streaming Created Equal, which is the story of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas and his journey from humble beginnings in a segregated South to the highest court in the land, which, by the way, he was the second black American to ever make this journey. You don't hear about that as much in the media. The documentary is only available to Daily Wire members. So if you want more stories that diverge from the accepted narrative, the political narrative, go to dailywire.com slash subscribe and get 20% off your new membership with code JUSTICE. Also, I got to let you know that Daily Wire has several open positions for our in-house team in Nashville. Um, And uh, I I told you about a position we had a few weeks ago, and actually there was someone listening to the show, and now they're a part of the team. Okay, I'm changing lives over here on The Matt Wall Show. That might be the one and only life I've ever changed. But hey, let's try again. This week, we're highlighting a few openings in our post-production department, including a video editor position as well as an assistant video editor position. The video editor will use his or her technical and creative abilities to cut and assemble raw video footage from various Daily Wire projects, projects like The Matt Wall Show. It means you get to stare at my face while you're editing video. I think I just scared away every potential applicant. I'm sorry for that. Uh, To creatively support and emphasize subject matter in videos through compelling uh, editing and storytelling, a minimum of two years previous professional video editing experience is required for this opportunity. The assistant video editor will assist our team of video editors by pulling and assembling media cuts, performing quality control on cuts, and more. Previous video editing experience, as well as strong organizational skills, are required for this opportunity. Uh, These are full-time in-office positions in Nashville, Tennessee. If you want to move to Nashville... Now's your chance. It's 98 degrees with humidity of 150% right now. Who wouldn't want some of that? Candidates, but we're inside. We have air conditioning, so don't worry about it. Candidates should apply through dailywire.com careers. A link to your reel and or portfolio is required for consideration for both of these positions. Now let's get to our daily cancellation. In a stunning display of courage, a white British TikTok influencer has revealed to the world that he identifies as Korean. Ali London is his name. He's been getting plastic surgery for several years in an effort to, as a Newsweek article puts it, resemble their K-pop idol Jimin of BTS. I have only a vague idea what any of those words mean, but the upshot is that now London, who also identifies as non-binary has completed his surgical transition and is ready to fully live his life as the gender-fluid Korean that he's always been deep down. For too long, he has had a Korean trapped inside his body, and now, with $150,000 of assistance from cosmetic surgeons, his true East Asian self has emerged like a bruised and swollen butterfly from a fleshy cocoon. In a video recorded just after his latest procedure, Ali explains that his surgically adjusted eyes and nose and other features now confirm uh, confirm him as a tried and true Korean, and I think the case that he makes is pretty bulletproof. Let's
1: listen. Hey guys, I'm finally Korean. I've transitioned. I'm so, so happy. I've completed my look. I'm finally Korean guys. I have the eyes. just had a brow lift as well. Um, so I'm so happy. finally, I've been trapped in the wrong body for eight years. And that's the worst feeling in the world when you're trapped and you don't feel like you can be yourself. But finally, I'm Korean. I can be myself.
0: And I'm so, so happy. I mean, he looks happy. Finally, he is Korean. It's as simple as that. Bigots might voice disagreement, insisting that one must actually be from Korea or at least have Korean citizenship in order to be considered in any sense Korean. They might even argue that surgically narrowing your eyes to resemble Asian facial features not only fails to make you Asian, but is also highly insulting and degrading to the real Asians, of which you are not one. But Ali deftly countered these arguments in a series of tweets disarming and debunking such discriminatory talking points. He wrote, quote, being transsexual is the same as being transracial because you're born in the wrong body. In other tweets, he announced that, quote, trans rights are human rights. And that, quote, there are millions of underrepresented transracial people in the world, and I want to elevate their voices and help them live their truth and be themselves. Now, these may be more assertions than arguments, more spitting slogans than making a case. But if if that's been sufficient for transgender advocates, then why shouldn't it work for a transracial pioneer? Driving the point home, Ali, I think, really vanquished his critics once and for all by dropping the ultimate progressive trump card in a different video. Listen.
1: This is my reason for showing the flag, and I do identify as Korean. This is my choice. This is my decision. It's not hurting anyone.
0: There you go. His decision, his choice, not hurting anyone. That's really it, right? In the age of psychological man, when all that matters is an individual's mental states and all that you must do to justify an action is claim that the action makes you feel good and causes no direct physical harm to anyone else, whether or not the latter is actually true— the validity of a white man's transformation in that context into a genderless Korean cannot be denied. Certainly, if you accept trans ideology, then you have absolutely no logical basis for denying Ali's truth, a truth which is grounded in the exact same premise, a truth which must indeed be true if the premise is true. And the premise, to remind you, is that a person's physical, biological identity is totally determined by how they feel about themselves. A man who feels like a woman is not merely a feminine man, but is actually a literal woman. All of the physical barriers which have for millennia served to separate men from women are dissolved and discarded. Biology is subordinated to the emotional whims of the individual. Why should Ali's emotional whims not be afforded the same supernatural weight? His case, um, based on the logic of progressivism, is airtight. Based on the logic of, well, logic, it's not at all, but based on the logic of progressivism, it is. And yet the left has not accepted him. Comments on the internet about his racial transition have been overwhelmingly negative. The Daily Wire documents a few of them. Reading now, it says, I'm sorry, but you can't just choose to be Korean. It's a nationality and ethnicity, tweeted one trans-identifying account. You have to be born Korean. Just because you like the culture doesn't mean you can take it and and become it. There is a way to appreciate a different culture. This is not it. Quote, as a Korean non-binary person, I haven't really talked about the Ali London thing, but the fact that they're acting like it's genuine, that it's part of a journey due to an identity issue really irks me. It's a mockery of trans people. It's cultural appropriation, posted another person. Finally, one Korean user replied that while he celebrated uh, London's new gender identity, it's wrong for him to claim a new ethnic identity. Korean isn't a pronoun, nor is it a persona you decide to suddenly take on because of K-pop hype. I'm glad you identify as non-binary, and I applaud you for being transparent about that, but I can't commend you for taking a whole ethnicity and treating it like a persona. Hmm. Taking a whole ethnicity and treating it like a persona. Almost like when someone takes a biological sex and treats it as I I don't know. An article in the left-wing paper mag written by Sandra Song, editor-at-large and a fellow Korean, is just one long transphobic harangue against the entire transracial community. Song writes, quote, as someone who actually has Korean DNA, though, I can say that some white fetishist, as proven by those 15 surgeries to look, look like Jimin, suddenly deeming themselves Korean is incredibly offensive, especially since it effectively trivializes our identities because they're suddenly trendy. Apparently, though, that doesn't really register for Ali, who's continually been a notable example of Western fetishization that's objectified us based on South Korea's recent contributions to global culture. So yeah, obviously it's pretty sus that a white person is is saying they're Korean. Now, leaving aside the embarrassing fact that the magazine's editor-at-large wrote and published the words so yeah and pretty sus, the real problem is that she would accuse a person of fetishizing and trivializing her identity simply because he is cartoonishly mimicking her appearance and claiming that his degraded mockery is as authentic as her own identity. I mean, she's essentially arguing that his imitation is an imitation and thus cannot be as valid or real as the thing he is imitating. And her points make a lot of sense, come to think of it, but unfortunately she, like nearly everyone else in her ideological camp, has already thrown open the doors and invited men to fetishize and trivialize and mimic her identity. It's just that she wishes the mimicry would stay contained to her sex, not her ethnicity. The problem, though, is that sex is far more objective and far less fluid than ethnicity. If the former can be erased, then so can the latter. Ollie London knows that. And now he's entitled to be seen as fully Korean, just as Korean as any other Korean. Indeed, he may be even more Korean than cis-Koreans like Sandra Song. I mean, you can make that argument. This at least was a choice uh, that he has made, bravely. If cis-Koreans don't want to tolerate or accept trans-Koreans, that's their problem and their bigotry they have to work through. It'd be better for them to just remain silent in the meantime while the march of progress continues and all objective markers of identity are erased and human existence is reduced to a murky puddle of ambiguity. That is the world the left wanted. And now they have it. Congratulations. And that is why the bigots who would deny the validity of Ali London's Korean identity are today absolutely and with great righteous rage cancelled. The Matt Walsh Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Production manager Pavel Vadosky. The show is edited by Sasha Tolmachov. Our audio is mixed by Mike Koromina. Hair makeup is done by Nika Geneva. And our production coordinator is McKenna Waters. The Matt Walsh Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. The NFL comes out of the closet. A British dude transitions to become a Korean... And Supreme Court originalists defend the supposed constitutional right of dudes to use the women's bathroom. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show.